2: Welcome to the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Wherever you're listening around the world, we welcome you to not only the Secret Teachings, but to the Fringe FM. I'm broadcasting from the beautiful American Southwest here in the desert of Arizona. And if you'd like to contact me tonight, you can call 520 367 2064. That's 520 367 2064. Email us r-d-g-a-b-l-e at yahoo.com find us on social media facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. and if you'd like to get access to our full show archive all of our shows, every single show to download and stream plus the montages and my digital books, collectively thousands of pages of research and data that'll help you in your personal research, and investigations. All of that is at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's thesecretteachings.info. When you subscribe for one year, you also get a physical copy of one of those books. And if you'd like, I can also autograph that book for you, www.thesecretteachings.info. And while you're on the website, check out our sponsors, our affiliate Pro One Water Filters. And check us out on Patreon. There is a link there, or just search Patreon for behind the scenes videos. Let us know what you want to see. And there's also a subscription bundle there as well. So, a lot of options to support the show, but not only support the show, support yourself as well, whether for entertainment, research, or both, for those purposes or some other purpose. Again, this is The Secret Teachings, and I am your host, Ryan Gable. We've been doing this show. For so long, I've gotten lost in the world of radio. Sometimes I forget how long I've been doing radio and I feel like I just started the show. And sometimes I feel like I'm scrambling, like I just started doing research for the first time and I didn't know what to do. I didn't have a method yet. And sometimes I have a moment of deja vu. I feel like I've been here before. And this is the world that I'm immersed in every single day. Whether it's books or it's news articles, or I'm going through documents, could be newspapers, declassified military reports on something like unidentified flying objects, or I'm reading big tech companies and their stance on computer generated, computer simulated realities. The attempt that Samsung is making, for example, to build a sixth-generation immersive holographic reality with digital replicas of places and people, I immerse myself in that world because it fascinates me. I want to understand. I want to learn. I want to believe. It's a search for purpose. It's a search for meaning. At least that's what it is for me. And I know that a lot of you come to shows like this because you have a similar thirst a similar hunger a lot of us are like odin or votan uh, we are so consumed with knowledge we desire so much to drink from the well of wisdom we we want to think and we want to uh, observe and analyze and figure out the equation we want to figure out what the numbers mean what the letters mean we, we want to understand the fabric of nature, the fabric of reality, and align ourselves with the parts that are natural and avoid the parts that are unnatural, that are inorganic. And I think finally, we're at a point where we can have a grand unified theory of conspiracy and the paranormal and the unidentified and the unexplained, all of which is unfolding in one incredibly, awe-inspiring, and some might say terrifying realization. The Pentagon has a new task force to investigate UFOs. If you didn't hear that here, you probably heard it on another radio show or you read it recently. This is a recent development. The Pentagon has a new task force to investigate UFOs. We talked about this last night on the broadcast on Wednesday. The Festival of Unidentified Lights was the name of the show. It's also in the archive now. You can download it, you can listen to it, take it with you at thesecretteachings.info. The program is called the Airborne Object Identification and Management Synchronization Group. And their goal is to synchronize Washington, D.C.'s efforts to, quote, detect, identify, and attribute objects of interest in special-use airspace and assess and mitigate any associated threats to safety of flight and national security. And The two basic components of this group are meant to do the following. They're meant to account for characteristics and performance of UAP, particularly those that exceed known science or technology. This includes aerodynamics, materials, uh, sensors, countermeasures, weapons, uh, propulsion, electronics, power generation. They're looking at the UAP and they're saying that there may be weapons systems. I mean, obviously, the military has a long history of interactions with these craft where weapons have been activated, but now they're telling you this new Pentagon group is going to investigate those weapons systems. The next thing this group is going to do is provide the foundation for possible investments to replicate these advanced characteristics and performance. That They basically want to reverse engineer these craft and like I said last night it wouldn't be surprising to me at all in any way shape or form if we learned that whatever these craft are and that's speaking generally they don't emit pollution they don't burn fossil fuels they don't cause environmental damage they don't cause environmental interference they don't even make noise Reverse engineering them would allow us to obtain that same technology and conveniently solve our supposed climate crisis, among other things, would it not? But see, do aerospace companies, the military or the government, already have these craft? Because how are they going to reverse engineer something that yesterday wasn't considered to be an acceptable topic for government, military or academia to even think about or talk about, let alone investigate and invest money in. I mean, maybe they already have these craft. If they did, why would they need to plan to reverse engineer something they've had and that they've investigated officially, unofficially since the 40s? Or are they simply going to reverse engineer them by observing them at a distance? This is where things get suspicious. UFOs today are outmaneuvering the most advanced human technologies just as easily as they were before, during, and after World War II. And based on that information alone, we know that these are not man-made craft, period, although many of them are certainly environmental phenomena. However, previous reverse engineering endeavors may have resulted in the development of technologies that could be used in the form of a massive psychological conditioning exercise to coerce, to condition, to brainwash, to manipulate the public, To the constant artificial presence of these craft, which would be acknowledged by media and government. This would allow governments, the military, corporations, and the aerospace industry to control the presence, the comings, and the goings of these craft while diverting attention away from their organic counterparts, which have been in our skies since the dawn of man. Now, once that narrative is established, it can be used in a number of ways. Perhaps these craft could pose a threat. It doesn't need to be an actual threat. It just needs to be the threat of a threat, the implication of a threat. I mean, it worked with a microscopic invisible enemy, right? It would certainly work with a more macrocosmic potential enemy, would it not? I mean, this would allow for the authorities to create a playbook on how to handle the presence of these craft in our skies. No matter if they've been there for centuries, the new narrative is an inorganic threat. Hear me out. This is what it is. An inorganic threat. And upon reverse engineering these craft, if we find out that they don't burn fossil fuels, we could invest trillions of additional dollars into that technology to save the planet. And this would be very convenient for the Great Reset. In the meantime, or perhaps as a result of failing to reach these ends, perhaps there's a better solution. Why not create a breakaway civilization right here on Earth? Why not connect to a digital environment? Like many of you, I saw the Matrix movie, the new one. I thought it was better than I initially felt that it was going to be. I said on the show months and months ago, I said, I bet they kind of try to glorify in some way uh, you know, that machines can be our friends to get us used to the idea of working with machines in a new environment. And that certainly was, was in the movie. I think it was a movie that was more for the fans of The Matrix. I mean, it's clearly starting what is probably going to be a, a new trilogy. It's probably going to be something like Star Wars, and you know, God knows how many characters they're going to pick out and make a trilogy about them. I thought the movie was okay. But that's not really the point. It doesn't really take to you know the scene of the new Matrix movie to, to remind anybody of the plot. And I see Derek in the in the in the chat room, Night Stalker. Uh, no spoilers, except I just I thought it was better than I initially thought it was going to be. But it really still wasn't a great movie. However, 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 I will tell you that I would watch The Matrix Resurrections over and over and over again before I'd ever watched The Suicide Squad, the uh, second one, because that was an absolute abomination of filmmaking as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, it was it was okay. It was okay. The first one is a classic. You can't beat that. I will say, I don't know how much of an influence she had, but Sophia Stewart, who we've interviewed on this show, who has won lawsuits against uh, Warner Brothers, I I believe, and uh, the the brothers or the sisters, whatever they are now, that made uh, the, the original Matrix films. She had told us a couple of years ago, and she actually sent me a copy of the Matrix 4 script that she was working on with Warner Brothers. And she said that the movie, they had to sign off with her on some of the content because she essentially owns the original likeness of the characters for the first movie. And uh, I got a feeling of that when I watched it kind of toward the beginning where they're talking about what the Matrix is, and they kind of alluded to that, the breaking of the fourth wall, which I, I thought that that was, that was interesting. Um, but you know what? It doesn't really matter what the fourth Matrix was about because the, the, the plot is essentially the same. It's, it's, a, it's a computer-generated dream world. It's a simulation. And what a lot of people might not realize is that The Matrix itself is a sequel. Uh, the original Matrix film, you know, Follow the White Rabbit, Red Pill or Blue Pill, what is real? Electrical impulses. You think that's air you're breathing? That's a sequel. It's a sequel to the Terminator franchise because in the Terminator You have the rise of the machines, and you have Skynet that takes over all computer systems. And the Matrix is long after the machines have systematically exterminated mankind and forced the remainder of mankind underground into these big cities like Zion. Now, during the initial war with the machines, if you know the plot of the original Matrix, the sky was darkened to prevent the machines from obtaining their energy. Some might, you know, kind of comically but seriously relate this to chemical trails and geoengineering. But regardless of that, as a response, the machines began to farm, cultivate, and exploit the energy of the humans as a battery to power their systems. And I derive from The Matrix a similar theme to the movie The Island, that the clones in the movie The Island could only be useful for their owners if they were allowed to obtain consciousness. And in the same way, for the same reason, the machines plugged humans into a virtual simulation of their world at the height of the 20th century. And that simulation of the real world is the womb of synthetic growth. It powers the machine world and feeds the artificial system in the same way that the screams of children, the terrorized children, the fearful children in Monsters, Inc., power the world of the monsters who work at a department of energy, essentially a very similar storyline to TV shows like Stranger Things. Uh, That simulation of the real world is the womb of the synthetic growth. Now, there's a complex version of and and various complex versions of uh, people's beliefs in regards to, let's call them visitors rather than aliens or extraterrestrials, not for politically correct purposes, but let's just call them visitors. There's a much more complex uh, version of visitors arriving on Earth uh, as saviors. There's the idea that this is a great deception. This is a science fiction theme that can be literally interpreted as visitors from somewhere else, either altruistically saving us from ourselves with technology or deceiving us into becoming their slaves. Uh, One interpretation, a literal interpretation, might be that powerful humans are using this potential threat to take control of the world. And to do something like that, they would need control of the narrative. They would have to be able to control the narrative. Perhaps there's a middle ground, though, because perhaps some humans have made an agreement with these visitors to create a sort of pact and to create, through an agreement, a sort of assimilated society directly linking the organic world to the visitor's world, which might in and of itself be synthetic, like the Borg from Star Trek. I mean, don't for one minute let anybody suggest or imply or demand that you believe that something like a microchip, which will eventually lead to biological identification stamps and DNA markers, that a microchip for vaccine passports has has nothing at all to do With this festival of unidentified lights twinkling in the heavens above us, all the UFOs, all the UAPs, and all the UFO and UAP talk, it's directly connected to those microchips for the COVID-19 vaccines, which is now a mainline news story. And that won't be the end of it, because next will be the biological identification stamps and the DNA markers. And don't let anybody tell you or suggest to you that those tracking systems, at their very core And that those unidentified aerial phenomena are unrelated to the metaverse. When we watch a movie like The New Matrix or we watch a movie like Transcendence, the the, the hyperbolic and exaggerated examples in those movies act as warnings for the advancement of technology with few, if any, checks or balances. The Terminator is a great story for that. Some go further And they tend to glorify those things. Of course, we're not going to ultimately directly plug our brains into a computer. Right now, Elon Musk might be doing that with wires. But that's the initial step. We're not going to plug our brains directly into a computer, probably. Especially not something that you see in the Matrix. That's the testing phase. We're not going to plug a wire into the back of our brains while we're sitting in a chair on the Nebuchadnezzar. We don't need to hack into the matrix. We willingly log into the matrix. Every time we text, call, search the internet, play a video game, enter a passcode, a username, upload a picture, upload videos, email somebody, talk in the vicinity of our phones, computers, tablets. If we stream some form of entertainment, take a survey, accept the terms of agreement. Even if we do these things in the presence of other people, and their technologies, and their devices. We are uploading ourselves into the digital world willingly. The incremental stages of this transhumanist reality relate to both gender and sexual political identities as well. You bring that up and people say, well, we don't want to talk about that. That is a political issue. It's not a political issue at all. Uh, The subject of gender and sexual political identities is just as much related to transhumanism as is our staring into the black abyss of our scrying mirrors. When you stare into that abyss long enough, it looks back at you. That's why they call it a TV or a computer monitor, because it monitors you. Like those that use the reality that is fabricated, this, this virtual kind of a simulation in the Black Mirror episode, Bandersnatch. And like the computer monitor monitors you, Windows, the operating system, is a gateway, a window into your home. And when you stare into that window through your screen and it peers back at you, the abyss is looking into your eyes, the gateway to the soul. And what do you do? When you are performing an exorcism, what do you see in the movies and the TV shows? You never look the possessed person in the eyes. You put glasses on like in the TV show Evil. You look away because if the demon looks into your eyes, peers into your eyes, it sees your soul and it recognizes you and comes for you next. This is really what I call a grand unified theory of conspiracy, the paranormal and the unexplained. All of the things that are happening with unidentified flying objects, UAPs. The fear of an invisible microscopic enemy. The idea that a macrocosmic entity, a macrocosmic enemy that doesn't even have to be an enemy, but one in which we perceive as a threat. Uh, Imagine the things that could be done. Very similar to what has happened, but exponentially worse and far more mitigating to human freedom if we were to see such terrifying things in the sky and we were told that they could possibly be a threat and we'll need to surrender ourselves to that system or maybe the aliens are here and they have a solution to our problems. New technologies, perhaps a digital sub-reality. All your cares, all your problems, all your desires will be met instantaneously. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. It's the Metaverse on The Secret Teachings tonight. Don't go anywhere. There's a lot more after this. Attention. You are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is The Secret Teachings Radio on The Fringe FM.
6: If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hear more while supporting the show, visit the website, thesecretteachings.info, and subscribe to our show archive. As a yearly subscriber, you can download and stream every show after it airs, and get access to the digital versions of each one of Ryan's books. The show offers weekly and monthly subscriptions, or, for $50 a year, get access to the archive, montages, and digital discounted price. Just visit thesecretteachings.info and click on the donate button at the top of the page. Your subscription supports The Secret Teachings, The Fringe FM,
2: and Club. Alex Exum. My name is Alex Exum and you're listening to The Fringe FM. Hey there, it's Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings Radio. After years and years of research, I compiled most of the important components of what I learned into three books. Food philosophy, the technological elixir, and occult arcana and by happenstance those books turned into a trilogy that can be but doesn't need to be read in order food philosophy explores the nature of what it means to be healthy while examining the ways in which the public is deceived about their food and water it also explores disease theories and why astronomical events like comets may be more responsible for illnesses than pathogens it concludes with a look at geoengineering the technological elixir picks up where the food book leaves off it explores technology with its benefits and dangers looking at smart tech The Internet of Things, Advanced Robotics and Quantum Computers. The text takes us to the mark of the beast, magic, and the music industry, focusing heavily on material death cults and pacts with the devil, and of course, black goo. It concludes with an analysis of UFO cults and an otherworldly or dimensional presence influencing mankind through technology. Occult Arcana is truly stand-alone as an encyclopedia of occult knowledge, covering theology, science and mythology, symbolism, ritualism and magic, voodoo witchcraft talismans, nursery rhymes, alchemy, and more, Occult Arcana ties it all together. All three books are available in digital form and they are autographed, if you'd like, in paperback. Just visit thesecretteachings.info where you can read reviews and buy yourself a copy or two today. Whether for yourself, family, or friends, they make a wonderful gift for the holidays, something that we explore in detail in the Occult Arcana book. Again, I'm Ryan Gable of the Secret Teachings Radio. Food Philosophy, The Technological Elixir, and Occult Arcana are my books. I hope you get a copy and support the show today.
0: And so are we, KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM.
6: You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email Ryan at
3: rdgable at yahoo.com. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings.
1: Now you see, when your, your identity is defined by society, you cannot resist it. You don't have the knowledge, you don't have the wisdom, you don't have the resources to understand that something's being put over on you. You cannot but help believe the definition of you as a free agent. But you believe yourself to be a free agent as a result of not being free. That is to say, of being hopelessly unable to resist society's identification
0: of you. The sheep are not going anywhere. They like my world. They don't want this sentimentality. They don't want freedom or empowerment. They want to be controlled. They crave the comfort of certainty. And that means you too, back in your thoughts, unconscious and alone, just like that. Dreams, they feel real while we're in them, right? It's only when we wake up that we realize something is actually strange. You always wind up right in the middle of what's going on. What is real? How do you define real? If you're talking about what you can feel, what you can smell, what you can taste and see, then real is simply electrical signals interpreted by your brain.
5: If you assume any rate of improvement at all, then the games will become indistinguishable from reality. It seems to follow that the odds that we're in base reality is one in billions. We believe the metaverse will be the successor to the mobile internet. We'll be able to feel present, like we're right there with people, no matter how far apart we actually are. We'll be able to express ourselves in new, joyful, completely immersive ways, and that's going to unlock a lot of amazing new experiences.
0: We too are in a quest to better ourselves, evolving toward a state of perfection.
6: Forgive me, but the Borg do not evolve; they conquer
7: by assimilating other beings into our collective we are bringing them closer to perfection
0: how did you get here what is the matrix control the matrix is a computer generated dream built to keep us under control in order to change a human being into this you ever wonder why you have nightmares why your own brain tortures you It's actually us, maximizing your output. Here's the thing about feelings. They're so much easier to control than facts. Turns out in my matrix, the worse we treat you, the more we manipulate you, the more energy you produce.
2: I'm Ryan Gable, and you are tuned into The Secret Teachings Radio. The worse we treat you and the more we manipulate you, the more energy that you produce. Every time we text, every time we call, search the internet, play a video game, upload a picture, email somebody, talk in the vicinity of our tablet, our phone, or our computer, stream something, take a survey, we are uploading ourselves into a digital world. We are creating the digital avatar. That will replace us. The incremental stages of this transhumanist reality relate to everything from politics to the unexplained. From gender and sexual political identities. People think that's a political issue. People think that that's a human rights issue. It might be those things, but it's also aimed at disassociating us from reality in the sense that creating gender and sexual confusion not only stifles procreation and sexual endeavors, inhibiting spirituality and the birthing of new children, a form of population control, uh, control but it also does something else. Think about a machine. A machine doesn't have a gender. It's part of the stages leading us into a more transhumanist, ideological state of existence. When you stare into the abyss of the black mirror long enough, it begins to look back at you. Your TV monitor monitors you. Your computer monitor monitors you. Your Windows operating system is a window into your home. As you stare into that window, it stares back at you. It looks you directly into the eyes, the gateway of the soul. And like in a exorcism, a demonic possession, you do not look into the eyes of the possessed, into the eyes of the diabolic. You know, every sincere and insincere gender and sexual discussion moves us one step closer to a non-biological identification. Every digital interaction erases us further from the physical world and uploads us into a digital environment. Every call for stopping terrorism or a pandemic erodes privacy, free thought, free expression, bodily autonomy, and liberty in all of its forms. And the sphere that we are moving into, the digital sphere, is a technological sub-reality in which human beings become nothing more than a battery. And the metaphor becomes everything except a metaphor. Students of the esoteric might know that the number seven is very divine. If you're not a student of the esoteric or the occult, you'll know that the number seven is supposed to be lucky. It's a combination of the Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, or the mind, body, and soul, right? And the four elements, the four corners of the world, four and three, seven. Seven of the days of the week, the amount of time that God needed, including a day of rest, to create the world as we know it. Seven are also the divine rays that emanate from the mind of God. I'm asking you to pay very close attention because the research that I did for tonight's show it's spooky, to say the least. These seven divine rays of light are called. Helpers, angels, emanations, spheres, and points. They extend to their perspective, uh, the respective uh, points of creation. They extend to these respective points of creation and cultivate the material world that is crystallized inside of a cube. The angel Metatron is the angel who holds this cube. You've probably heard of Metatron's cube before, it's a geometrical symbol encloses the five platonic solids that build the material world. Another name for this is the Metaverse. This is supposed to be a safe digital environment that is a successor to smart technologies and the internet, according to Mark Zuckerberg, a.k.a. Data, part of the montage that I made for tonight's show that you just heard. It's essentially the next stage of virtual reality, which was an extension of augmented reality which was an extension of smart technology, and they all tend to overlap. I mean, we see it in television for fun. Uh, The TV show Alter Ego features contestants performing backstage while motion capture technology projects a digital avatar. Already, land in the digital world is selling for millions of dollars. I told a friend of mine about this today, and he said, well, people are what? They're buying this for like $10, $15. It's like some internet money, and I said, no, it's millions and millions of dollars. One 6,090-square-foot plot in the digital world, Decentraland, sold for $2.4 million. And that record was broken a week later when another patch of land sold for $4.3 million in a reality called Sandbox. Not Bird Box, Sandbox. I mean, that's a lot of money for a digital plot of land. You can get a nice piece of property for I mean, get I guess it depends on where it is, but you can get a couple of acres for a lot cheaper than two point four million dollars. There's also a game called Roblox. It's a game for children like Minecraft, although people that are older than, you know, your traditional child play those games. Or Roblox uh, has a parent company that's worth $44 billion, roughly. This is a big industry. And cryptocurrency, I think, is one of the things that kind of started it alongside of social media. And social media, Facebook, is essentially the father, the mother of the metaverse. Already, the digital world is so immersive that a Minecraft player built an 8 bit processor called. Chang'e's 2. It's not really a powerful processor, but it's a computer processor inside of a game. And it's able to run other games inside of the game, like Tetris, or that old game uh, Snake. I used to like to play that. A lot of people feel safer behind computers, right? It's a safe space. You can type in all capital letters with your Cheeto-dusted fingers and yell at people and You can block them if you don't like what they say in return. People feel safe behind a computer because they feel as if they're isolated in their little cube, their little world. Nothing can hurt them. So apparently the metaverse has some problems already because uh, somebody was groped, which I kind of thought was a was a funny headline. I guess we're going to now have Me Too in the digital world. It was Facebook, um, their uh, you know the uh, umbrella company, uh, Meta. Horizon Worlds is the name of their digital sub reality. So Facebook now it's Meta. That's the name of the company, and they have something called Horizon Worlds. And uh, a beta tester in that world was groped by a stranger. According to MIT Technology Review, an internal review from Meta, the company said that the user should have used the safe zone tool to prevent the grope. That's literally what they said. They should have used the safe mode tool. So I guess if you're in the digital world, already isolated from the rest of the world, there's another way to isolate yourself even further. You can go into safe zone mode. And I mean, it's, it's humorous, but funny or not, this is, this is a, 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 a digital world. It's a safe place inside of a digital world, a, a protective bubble that users can activate when they're feeling threatened. And within it, nobody can touch them. Nobody can talk to them. Nobody can even interact with them until they signal that they'd like the safe zone lifted. What if they have the friend zone as well in that digital horizon world. The military, on the other hand, is using the technology to predict the future. Major universities have been using similar technologies to predict the future. How? Well, everything gets plugged into this digital sub-reality. And as things are being dumped into this reality, all this data... It allows for anyone with access to the data to use it to map real-world events and then to theoretically plug scenarios and situations into that system, run the data, and see how the world that is real will react to those things that are placed into it that are not real, that are, in effect, simulation programs. They're simulating real-world events using real-world data to see what would happen in the real world. The military is doing this. Large companies are doing this. Universities are doing this for a variety of reasons. And the digital world is a lot more real than we think. University of Glasgow researchers and the University of Glasgow's Bendable Electronics and Sensing Technology Department, or their group, they developed something called AeroHaptics. And this uses jets of air to deliver a sensation of touch to people's fingers and hands, meaning that a holographic projection can be very, very real. A holographic projection could be just like a real-world interaction. I mean, it's kind of strange, don't you think? We're tired for some reason, for a lot of reasons, of the real world, and we want to plug into an alternate reality. But when we plug into that alternate reality, we want it to feel and taste and smell and sound just like the world that we wanted to disconnect from. I mean, maybe it's because we think we can become anything we want in this other world. We'll make the deal with the agents. We know the steak isn't real, but it tastes good. We want to be somebody famous, somebody with money, somebody with, with wealth, somebody powerful. So we'll make the deal to plug back into the system. Sure, it's metaphoric. It remains metaphoric, but it was never meant to be a metaphor. It was meant to be predictive programming. And not even predictive programming, just programming. It was meant to be a revelation of the method through art. All the things that were being promised about that digital world. The stake. What the money represents. The power. Hell, even virtual porn, virtual sex, that's already a thing. Nightstalker just posted in the chat on Discord about Keanu Reeves talking about VR porn and porn suits and even sex in the metaverse. Again, they probably have that. They have a safe zone. They probably have like a friend zone too. You know, if your characters get too close and you just want to be friends. I mean, I I think the funniest thing about the metaverse is like Second Life and uh, and and The Office, where Dwight creates a second version of himself digitally, but it's basically him. He's like a paper salesman, and the only difference between the real life Dwight and and the Second Life Dwight. Is that in Second Life, he can fly like Neo. But this is, you know, as funny as this is, this is not a joke. The people that are developing this are very serious. And we have to work through this information to understand that there's a lot more than just the promise of virtual sex, there's a lot more than just the promise of never having to work again. A lot more than the promise of you'll just snap your fingers and whatever you want will be yours. I mean, the big question, I think, and I ask this question a lot. Show of hands. Does anybody actually think that Facebook, that Google, that the, Dep- the Department of Defense, this is just in the United States, do you think other big superpowers all the big tech companies, do you think these companies and these, these government agencies and billionaires as well are investing trillions of dollars? And I understand that some of it is happening on the university level, but a lot of that is also funded by the military. It's funded by billionaires. It's funded by corporations. But nevertheless, do you think they're spending trillions of dollars to create a world that is parallel to the world that you live in, the world that you live in where corporations and, and government tend to make your life a living hell. And yet we're supposed to believe that Amazon and Facebook and the Department of Defense want to help us, want to make our lives better. They want to make our lives better, so they're going to spend trillions of dollars and invest everything they have into this digital world. I don't buy that. And I think that such a thought is devastating to the altruistic sales point that the technological elixir is a wonderfully sweet drink with no side effects. If you peel that little sticker off that promises you all that stuff, the virtual reality sex and the, the land and the property and all the, the things that you, you ever wanted could be yours in the digital world, you're going to find skull and crossbones on that elixir. It ain't much of an elixir, folks. It's poison. It's the poisoned apple covered in black goo. It is the blue pill. It is the abyss that pulls you into the window of your monitor. Do you know that scientists at the University of Vermont, Tufts University, and Harvard Universities Weiss Institute for Biologically Inspired Engineering said that they have discovered an entirely new form of biological reproduction different from any animal or plant known to science. That's because scientists have created a living robot, they call it a xenobot, that can reproduce. Now it's set of angels and demons and archons, etc., but these energies that these spirits can't create, they're void of creative facilities, right? So if they can only distort and invert, nothing that they touch is original. They take things and they distort them, they invert them, they blasphemy them. This is why those who are truly opposed to the will and the mind of God distort images like the pentagram, for example. The five points represent those four elements, which, like a coffin, encloses spirit and matter. The spirit bursting forth in the fifth point after conquering those four elements. And this is a symbol very similar to the ankh. The ankh is a symbol that means life in Egypt. More specifically, it translates to life bestowing. It's that which grants life. It provides life, like the waters of the Nile that it is associated with, whose flowing liquids bathe the land and set the stage for the growth of crops. And the killing of the king ritual and the regeneration of nature, the natural cycles that we align ourselves with to obtain communion with the divine. Opposition to this, opposition to life, tends to distort these images because it cannot create. It can only invert. It inverts these images to desecrate and mock them, to mock and desecrate the sacred. In this way, the inverted pentagram represents the lowering of the spirit and soul into darkness. And that darkness has a name. It's called the eighth sphere. If you take a blank sheet of paper and you draw seven lines south from a central point to very specific locations, you find geometrically the seven emanations of source. Source is the eighth little tiny dot of where the other seven rays come from. Source is that eighth dot, and each day of creation is one of the seven lines or rays emanating outwardly from that eighth point, that symbolic day of regeneration and time. The god of time is Saturn. The central point of all things is that black abyss, the singularity. Before creation, there was darkness, as Genesis 1-2 says. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Those able to glimpse this higher pattern are going to find the eighth point from where fall seven divine rays to produce a hexagon in two dimensions with six rays directed outward from a single point in the center, which becomes the seventh day which God rested on. The hexagon is expressed in three dimensions as the cube. And the seven days are expressed with seven circles called the seed of life in sacred geometry. That seed, when planted, sprouts the fruit of life, which grows into Metatron's cube. Metatron's cube. The cube is a symbol representing the universe and signifying everything inside of it that is interconnected. Interconnected organically, I might add. The five platonic solids that make up the universe are the tetrahedron, the octahedron, the dodecahedron, the isosahedron, and the cube. And since we're talking about inversions and the inability to create, consider what happens when you invert the word metaverse. Not the metaverse itself, which is an inversion of the organic world and consciousness, but invert the word metaverse. Think about this. Meta, m-e-t-a means beyond in Greek. So we're, be go- we're going beyond the known universe. We're creating something different with this metaverse, with this digital sub-reality. If you reverse the letters of meta, you get Atem. In German, Atem means to breathe. So go back to Genesis, Genesis 2.7. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. You know that man as Atom. Atom. It was from the breath of God that man became a living being, the first man being Adam. And that's more significant than a simple homophone. It means that Meta is Adam the first man. And included in his name is the breath of life. They're breathing life into the meta-verse, the Atom-verse. They're creating a new man. Now, Kabbalists and magicians are aware of the Adam Kadmon, he who was the first of four worlds, that came into being after the contraction of God's infinite light. He is the microcosmic universe inside all of us, and we are an extension of him. If we take the name Adam, A-D-A-M, and reverse it, we find M-A-D-A, which also sounds quite similar to Meta. Meta, Atom. Meta, Adam. Atom, Adam. The metaverse is therefore the atomverse, a new reality created and breathed into by man who long ago learned how to control the atom, A-T-O-M. It is the digital sub-reality that we must plug into in order to save ourselves from ourselves, in order to enjoy all those wonderful pleasures of life. But we won't be enjoying those wonderful pleasures of life. We will be trapped in an artificial Computer generated dream world. That digital sub reality is something that many people are plugged into by choice. Others are birthed into that world. It is the eighth sphere, the sphere of downward development set aside from the other seven planetary spheres and their signatures and consciousnesses. It is opposition to good, opposition to the positive, and opposition to divine development. It is the essence of black magic. It is the sphere of Saturn. But not necessarily as a necessary evil as Saturn is, encouraging spiritual development. Metatron, although he is a necessary evil, is being used in a way that cuts off the necessary component and traps the soul in the coffin of Osiris and seals that coffin with wonderful promises and the technological elixir inside of Metatron's Cube. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings, 520-367-2064, thesecretteachings.info, the music, White Bat Audio. Stay with us. I'm going to tell you more about the metaverse after this.
3: Want more of The Fringe? Check out thefringe.fm for more information on your favorite shows. Also, don't forget to check out the Fringe mobile app or the other ways you can tune in through the Paranormal Radio app and TalkStream Live. Where the normal and paranormal collide, it's The Fringe FM.
1: Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live.
4: If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash teaching.
1: Now you see, when your, your identity is defined by society, you cannot resist it. You don't have the knowledge, you don't have the wisdom, you don't have the resources to understand that something's being put over on you. You cannot but help believe the definition of you as a free agent. But you believe yourself to be a free agent as a result of not being free. That is to say, of being hopelessly unable to resist society's identification of you.
0: The sheeple are not going anywhere. They like my world. They don't want this sentimentality. They don't want freedom or empowerment. They want to be controlled. They crave the comfort of certainty. And that means you too, back in your pods, unconscious and alone, just like that, Dreams, they feel real while we're in them, right? It's only when we wake up that we realize something is actually strange. You always wind up right in the middle of what's going on. What is real? How do you define real? If you're talking about what you can feel, what you can smell, what you can taste and see, then real is simply electrical signals interpreted
5: by your brain. If you assume any rate of improvement at all, then the games will become indistinguishable from reality seem to follow that the odds that we're in base reality is one in billions. We believe the metaverse will be the successor to the mobile internet. We'll be able to feel present like we're right there with people no matter how far apart we actually are. We'll be able to express ourselves in new, joyful, completely immersive ways and that's going to unlock a lot of amazing new experiences.
0: We do are in a quest to better ourselves. Evolving toward a state of Perfection.
6: Forgive me, but the Borg do not evolve. They conquer.
7: By assimilating other beings into our collective, we're bringing them closer to perfection. How did you get
0: here? What is the Matrix? <laughs> control. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream built to keep us under control in order to change a human being into this you ever wonder why you have nightmares why your own brain tortures you it's actually us maximizing your output here's the thing about feelings they're so much easier to control than facts it turns out in my matrix the worse we treat you the more we manipulate you the more energy you produce
2: i'm your host ryan gable And you are tuned into The Secret Teachings Radio broadcasting around the world five nights a week, Monday through Friday, right here on the Fringe FM. Talk stream live in the Paranormal Radio app, among others. Our website, www.thesecretteachings.info, holds copies of my books, including the technological elixir, which has become more of a manual to understanding contemporary events, both technological, material, and spiritual. And you can get a copy of that book, which will take you through artificial intelligence, black goo, the entertainment industry, as well as the last two years of what has been going on in the world, mixed with a large chapter on UFOs and UAPs. You can get that book for free if you subscribe for one year to the archive at thesecretteachings.info to get access to the shows and the montages. I promote this a lot because this is how we make money on the show and this is how we finance the show. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info, subscribe today, become a member, and or grab a copy of one of the books. If not for yourself, for somebody else. Although it is almost Christmas and we have... Moved into Christmas Eve, the twenty fourth of December today, Friday. Start on uh, Thursday, technically Friday at midnight, uh, but we start Thursday, go into uh, Christmas Eve, the twenty fourth. Even though it's almost Christmas, they still make a great gift for the new year, or maybe the Feast of Epiphany, or birthdays, or whatever you celebrate, or just a great gift to give somebody for the sake of giving a gift. Those books, again, are on the website. I have another book, Occult Arcana, which will take you more into the subject of things like Metatron's cube and the seven divine rays of light emanating from an eighth point or an eighth sphere, which also relates to Metatron. And, of course, the cube and what the cube represents. I never thought my technology book would become what it is. It really is a manual to understanding Where the human race is physically and spiritually moving. And recently I felt very compelled to add a chapter on UFOs. And I wrote about UFO cults and I wrote about the 2017 New York Times UAP tic tac Louis Elizondo, Blink 182, Tom DeLong. I think it's a scam, but I wrote about that in the book and I. Followed through with all the updates, now we have a new government group that is going to investigate these unidentified flying objects called the Airborne Object Identification and Management Synchronization Group. I find it interesting that this group is not only going to investigate these UAPs, including their weapons systems, They're going to provide the foundation for investments into replicating these devices. In other words, reverse engineering. But how can they reverse engineer them if they don't have them? And if they have reverse engineered them, they've had to have had them longer than the last couple of months when the government has finally acknowledged, sure, there are things we don't understand about these things. They are certainly real. Probably had them since the 40s, at least. What these craft are, I don't know. The point really isn't about identifying what they are, necessarily. It's about identifying what they are going to be used for. Imagine reverse-engineering these craft and finding they probably don't use fossil fuels, they probably don't emit pollution, and they probably don't disturb the environment. I mean, they're silent, at the very least. The worst they tend to do is bend over some stalks of corn or wheat or something, right? And even then, there's expulsion cavities from the extreme heat that boils the water, but the crops still continue to grow, so they don't really do a lot of damage to the environment. We could use that technology to save the planet. You know, These objects have been outmaneuvering aircraft since before, during, and after World War II. They're doing the same thing today. They're definitely not man-made. That's what makes me think that this whole idea of disclosing the subject of UFOs and then saying, don't call it a UFO, call it a UAP, is an elaborate hoax. I don't think it's being orchestrated by a large number of people. I just think that the whole thing is a politically motivated and psychologically motivated hoax. Because not only are they probably going to claim that these craft can help save us from pollution and environmental devastation, we need to dump trillions of dollars into these new technologies, though. It'll be an otherworldly excuse. Even without acknowledging the otherworldliness, it'll just be something we don't understand and we learn that the they 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 don't burn fossil fuels, so we can invest trillions into this. It's part of the great reset. But You can also take that technology and and we can fly it ourselves, perhaps, and be pretty easy to stage the presence of an alien force in the skies, not like some armada of spaceships over the White House, but just the presence of these craft, and then stage those events synthetically. Divert public attention away from organic sightings. Focus it on the synthetic sightings and use that as an excuse for the potential of a threat from these craft. And it works in the same way as an invisible microscopic virus. You don't really see them. You don't really interact with them. But you kind of think that they're there. It's implied that they're there. And the threat is also implied. Or maybe these craft and whatever these things are will offer us a solution to our problems. Maybe they came to serve man. Maybe they would like to offer us technologies that will allow us to plug into a system that will give us everything we ever wanted. I mean, we could have virtual sex, virtual money. We have virtual money now, but it'll be in a a simulation. I mean, do you think that the Defense Department and Facebook... You know, that guy that works there uh, from Star Trek. You really think that uh, the other guy from Star Trek that runs the World Economic Forum, you think these people are investing all their money and time and energy and efforts into making a world that is digital, that is so much better than the physical world, that you'll abandon everything that is natural and plug yourself into it, and they're doing that strictly for your benefit? I mean, I question that when, when big companies are like, No, we're investing all this money to make the internet faster. Really? All these big telecommunication companies are investing billions of dollars to make my download speeds faster? Because AT&T canceled my phone service twice in the last three months for billing issues that were totally their fault. For lying to me, for billing me over, then disconnecting my service, then charging me reinstallation fees, and then not being able to fix the problem. Literally for months, I switched over to... Uh, another carrier now, one that is not a big corporate entity. But at and it's just like that experience. AT&T messed up that bad, and it's intentional, of course. It's, It's company policy. It's part of the process, but I'm supposed to believe that they care about my data. They care about my privacy. They care about me as a person. It's nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. You see, we're not going to plug our brains directly into a computer necessarily. This is a, an incremental process. You know, the handheld devices, the wearable devices, the fusible devices and implantable devices, and then the last stage of transhumanism, kind of like the different encounters with aliens and extraterrestrials, the fourth kind, you know, total abduction, being taken by these, these beings. The fifth stage of transhumanism, as I've termed in my book, The Technological Elixir, is the replacement of organic reality with the synthetic. Scientists at universities recently and in previous years have found ways to make microchips that are basically like dust in the wind. Ray Kurzweil once said that nanobots will infuse all the matter around us with information, rocks, trees, everything will become these intelligent computers. In September of 2021, flying microchips the size of a sand grain could be used for population surveillance, claimed an article in the journal Nature. These were winged microchips as small as a grain of sand that could be carried by the wind. Winged microchips. Ten days before... These little micro-flyers made headlines. Also in September, researchers at Brown University unveiled the NeuroGrain, a brain-computer interface. In league with some other universities, including the University of California at San Diego, study author Arto Nermico unveiled a system that uses dozens of silicon microchips to, quote, record and transmit brain activity to a computer. You don't need to plug some wires into the back of your head. The question of Elon Musk's girlfriend, Grimes, of what will it take to make you capitulate is pretty simple. Faster download speeds, right? Convenient connection to friends and family in a digital world. A safe bubble in the metaverse. Promises of sex with virtual partners is that what it will take to make you capitulate every time we text every time we call, every survey we take everything we stream, every video, every picture we upload we're creating the digital avatar we are replacing ourselves and uploading ourselves into those machines in a world that is beyond the physical and it's not a spiritual one. The metaverse means beyond the verse. Meta means beyond in Greek. If you reverse those letters, it becomes A-T-E-M, Atem. In German, Atem means to breathe. Genesis 2.7 Then the Lord formed man from the dust of the ground. The Lord God formed man from this dust and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Was from that breath of God that man became living, the man we know as Adam, A-D-A-M, or Atem, A-T-E-M, the reverse of Meta. That which is beyond becomes that which is within. That is Adam Kadmon, the first man. Kabbalists and magicians know Adam Kadmon as he who is the first of four worlds that came into being after the contraction of God's infinite light, the microcosmic universe inside all of us. It means that Meta, M-E-T-A, is Adam, A-D-A-M, the first man, and included in his name is the breath of life, Atem, A-T-E-M. The name Adam, A-D-A-M, itself is Mada, Mata. Meta. Meta. It is the meta. The metaverse is therefore the atomverse, a new reality created and breathed into man by man who long ago learned how to control the atom, splitting it to rip open a portal, to rip open some kind of dimensional gateway, finishing the work of John D. and Edward Kelly. It is the digital sub-reality that we must plug into or be left behind. It's not a matter of choice, said Peter Diamandis. It is inevitable. I am an inevitability, said the AI in the Terminator. I am everywhere. Some are born into that world. That world is the eighth sphere. You can learn about these spheres and what they mean in my book, Occult Arcana, I actually referred to my occult book today for some research for tonight's show. And I was looking at the eighth sphere, the sphere of downward development, which is set aside from the other seven planetary spheres and their signatures. It's opposition to what is good. It's black magic. As Empyrean said in the chat, it is the dark side. It is the sphere of Saturn. But see, here's the thing that's misunderstood. Saturn is a necessary evil. Saturn encourages spiritual development. Metatron, like Saturn, is also a necessary evil. Metatron is the angel that holds that cube. Metatron's cube. Of which we get the five platonic solids including the cube. Metatron is like Saturn holding the world. Not like Atlas... But like Saturn, holding the world in his hand, controlling time, but a necessary evil nonetheless. Metatron is the god of the metaverse, just like Saturn, is the god of the material world. Now listen to this, this is really interesting. Metatron is usually described as a celestial scribe records the sins and merits of man, and in this way he is very similar to Santa Claus. Mythologically speaking, to help us understand these concepts, think of Santa Claus like Batman, and think of Santa Claus's original helper, Ruprik, as being like Robin. Ruprik is also known as Krampus, Krampus dishes out those punishments like rubric. Santa Claus is the satanic clause, for those of you who believe it is an anagram. For others, it is just the Santa Claus, the saint clause, the clause with the saints and with God to do which is good, to do which is righteous, and you are rewarded for that as part of the contractual obligation, which is the clause in the contract. Even in that Tim Allen movie, they... They noted the the word clause as part of the contract. Santa Claus, Rubric essentially are the same character. Santa Claus embodying both concepts. Metatron is another version of Santa Claus in that way. Making Santa Claus essentially kind of like Saturn. A necessary evil to punish that which has done wrong in the eyes of God. He is also Odin, who hangs on the world tree like an ornament on a Christmas tree, with a spear in his side like Christ. He brought man the sacred ruins out of the blood of his sacrifice like Christ. Now in Hebrew mythology, when the consonants for the name Metatron are analyzed according to pre-assigned numerical values, they total three hundred and fourteen. And whether you multiply or add, you get two very significant numbers: three times one. Courses 3, which have multiplied by 4, gives us 12. 12 are the course of the sun in the sky through the signs of the zodiac. The 12 signs of the zodiac, you know, the knights of the round table, the disciples of Jesus. It represents the completion of a cycle, with the number 1 sometimes becoming 13 in a regenerative process. In military time, 1 is 13. Metatron's cube is depicted by the fruit of life, or a central circle in the middle. That circle is surrounded by six additional cir- uh, circles forming a flower of life. These are the six days of creation, and the seventh in the center, the day of rest. And from that central point, seven divine rays emanate from that black sphere, the sphere of Saturn, the, the cube of Metatron. God pushes back the darkness. Let there be light. Each of the circles in this flower give birth to another circle of the same size, making a total of 13 circles. If we add up the number of Metatron 314, we also get the number 8, as in the 8th sphere. Metatron's cube is the metaverse. Meta is Atom, the first man who breathed life into a new synthetic creation. A new Atom Kadmon. The original Atom, created by God, is obsolete. And man believes he can create in the image of himself or the image of those things which are influencing his technological developments. The element of the verse in the metaverse is interesting because it's basically a magical spell or a curse. Like when we write in cursive, we spell a word and it puts one into a hypnotic state like the one in which The soul enters upon physical birth, like in the story of Sleeping Beauty. I've mentioned Samsung's 6th generation technology dozens of times on the show. And I'll mention it again tonight. According to their white paper, a 6G technology includes an immersive extended reality and holograms along with digital replications of people and places. It's a digital sub-reality that is literally controlled by computers and machines. It says that in their white paper, I have a physical copy of it right here. The name of that paper, you can just look it up. The next hyper-connected experience for all. High-fidelity mobile holograms, digital replications of people, places, and and things in the digital sphere. When one immerses themselves into that eighth sphere, they disconnect from source. Many are unaware of this. Many have been tricked by the personification of the cosmic trickster embodied in the ideology and motivations of man and perhaps certain other worldly influences. I always find it funny. And man argues, some men argue, that God made man in his image and because they are atheistic in their viewpoints, they say that God made a mistake and man is imperfect and man pollutes and does these horrible things So that makes God flawed and allows us to throw God away. And it takes on this egocentric idea and view that this imperfect creation that is man can go about creating something that is perfect. I mean, if God, a perfect being, could not create a perfect being then how can an imperfect being create a perfect being? Flawed logic, circular logic, those minds that are consumed by the spirit of darkness or whatever it is, call it black goo, call it the Borg, call it some mind virus like the Wetiko or the Windigo. it has possessed those with the power to make these societal and cultural changes. I mean, man has been trying since medieval times and long before to summon spirits, demons, and the dead for different reasons, to communicate with their ancestors or God or to obtain power and wealth. The apocalypse working rituals of John Dee and Edward Kelly that were conducted in the late 1500s are perhaps the best example. Dee and Kelly supposedly communicated with what became known as the Enochian Angels. That communication resulted in the transmission of a complex system of ritual magic and a magical alphabet. By using these tools, it was believed that a portal to the other side could be opened, be it the underworld or a stargate to heaven. One of the most famous alchemical rituals was the attempt by alchemists to summon the little man, the homunculus. Other names include Aleister Crowley's moon child. Now, some speculate that the detonation of the Trinity bomb opened the door for interaction with otherworldly The UFO phenomena exploded afterwards, though the purpose of creating or summoning some synthetic or otherworldly life was for it to serve man. It has become terrifyingly clear that man has made a deal with devils that wish to serve man, like the famous Twilight Zone episode. It's a cookbook. Don't get on that ship. Kabbalists refer to the tiny man as the golem, an artificial humanoid creature created from raw materials like clay. It's from the Hebrew word for man, Adam, like the Atom, reverse of Meta. The Hebrew word for man that we get Adam, that we get the Metaverse. The golem is created of clay, raw material like Adam. The artificial golem needs a magical word placed on it place the word truth Imehet. remove the e and you get the met averse it brings death to the golem i'm ryan gable this is the secret teachings there's more on the metaverse after this 520-367-2064 it's christmas eve give us a call here on the secret teachings 520-367-2064 what do you think 520-367-2064 we'll be back I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings, bringing you health, history, symbolism, and of course, black goo, right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Release the curtain!
4: Do you like The Secret Teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a practical, balanced, and unique look at the food industry, vaccinations, the theories of disease, and geoengineering, grab a copy of Food Philosophy. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. All three books can be purchased on the website at thesecretteachings.info, where you can read reviews from other authors and radio hosts around the world. Just visit thesecretteachings.info.
0: The truth is out there, and so are we.
3: ATLK
0: Digital Broadcasting
3: The Fringe FM
6: TLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM, brings you exclusively The Secret Teachings with Ryan
1: Gable. Now you see, when your, your identity is defined by society, you cannot resist it. You don't have the knowledge, you don't have the wisdom, you don't have the resources to understand that something's being put over on you. You cannot but help believe the definition of you as a free agent. But you believe yourself to be a free agent as a result of not being free. That is to say, of being hopelessly unable to resist society's
0: identification of you. The sheeple are not going anywhere. They like my world. They don't want this sentimentality. They don't want freedom or empowerment. They want to be controlled. They crave the comfort of certainty. And that means you too, back in your pods, unconscious and alone, just like them. Dreams... They feel real while we're in them, right? It's only when we wake up that we realize something is actually strange. You always wind up right in the middle of what's going on. What is real? How do you define real? If you're talking about what you can feel, what you can smell, what you can taste and see, then real is simply electrical signals interpreted by your brain.
5: If you assume any rate of improvement at all, then the games will become indistinguishable from reality. You seem to follow that... The odds that we're in base reality is one in billions we believe the metaverse will be the successor to the mobile internet we'll be able to feel present like we're right there with people no matter how far apart we actually are we'll be able to express ourselves in new joyful completely immersive ways and that's going to unlock a lot of amazing new experiences
0: we two are in a quest to better ourselves evolving toward a state of perfection
6: forgive me Orc do not evolve, they conquer.
0: By assimilating
7: other beings into our collective, We are bringing them closer to perfection.
0: How did you get here? What is the matrix? Control. The matrix is a computer-generated dream built to keep us under control in order to change a human being into this. You ever wonder why you have nightmares? Why your own brain tortures you, it's actually us maximizing your output. Here's the thing about feelings. They're so much easier to control than facts. Turns out in my matrix, the worse we treat you, the more we manipulate you, the more energy you produce.
2: Ryan Gable, we appreciate power, you're listening to The Secret Teachings, make a deal with the AI. This is Grimes, we appreciate power. I've played this on the show before, it's very appropriate for tonight. AI will reward us when it rains. Good god, I just get like chills up my spine. Pledge allegiance to the world's most powerful computer. Aurora is the Antichrist. And the Metaverse. The Gollum. Virtual reality sex. That bleeding stake. elevate the human race into the digital sub-reality. You'll never die. Just plug in. Upload your mind. Oh, it's that siren sound. My God. This woman is creepier than Poppy. You're not even alive. Take my hand, come into the metaverse. and then she kills her alter ego. That's common to the music industry. So what does it take to make you capitulate? five two zero three six seven twenty, sixty four. Is it VR sex? Is it the stake? Is it being wealthy? Powerful? Being an actor? What exactly will it take to make you capitulate? Again, I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. This is getting me in the mood to do a music show. Might have to prepare for something like that coming up. We're going to have to look at Adele. People have been emailing me about Adele and the Saturn symbolism of one of her recent performances. Just upload your mind to the machine, to the metaverse. Some people think that we're insane, but AI will reward us when it rains. One of the most famous alchemical rituals was an attempt by the alchemists to create life, to summon the the homunculus. You might have heard of the moon child of Aleister Crowley, but some people speculate, I'm one of them, that the detonation of the Trinity bomb opened the door for interaction with other worldly beings, whether intentional or unintentional. I believe that the Trinity bomb test was a form of alchemical ritual, and it was more than a metaphoric alchemical ritual. The UFO phenomenon exploded after that. And it seems that whatever it is, That some men attempted to make a deal with. Bit them in the back. Like the Scorpio. That bites the sun and leads to its demise. It is Judas. It's become terrifyingly clear that man made a deal with the devil. Even if it's just the metaphor. Of that machine relationship. And the summoning of AI. Is like summoning the devil as Elon Musk said. Kabbalists and Jewish mystics refer to that tiny little man, that little homunculus, as the golem, an artificial creature created out of raw materials like clay. The Hebrew word for man, Adam, from where we get Adam or Mada, the reverse of Adam, Mada, Meta, provides us with an interesting connection to the metaverse. The name also stems from O'A'dam, O'A'mdawah. I have no idea if I'm pronouncing this even close to correct in Hebrew. I guess if I add a little huk to it, the O'Hagdamah, which means clay of the earth. And that clay was what Adam was created from before having life breathed into his nostrils by God. The artificial golem, however, is created by man for protection to follow orders, and also it can be used to, through following those orders, destroy things. But a magical name must be placed on the forehead of this raw material-built creature to bring it to life. Part of that name must be removed in order to destroy the creature when it has served its purpose. The word truth is usually written on the forehead. Imhet. Removing the E kills the creature and leaves us with the letters M-E-T. Met met kills the gollum the e has been placed in front of the met to give us metta another one of those homophones that has a very significant similar meaning even though it might sound like it's different because it's spelled differently it has the same meaning the, the gollum has awoken and it has instructed all of its followers into the Matrix. Going up the chain of command, the Gollum has awoken and has been instructed to gather up servants to its creator. Maybe that's Neil Patrick Harris. Some are very willing to go along with Neil Patrick Harris. Some are very willing to go along with the Gollum. Most are unaware. Those of us who are aware are highly resistant. One thing is for sure no matter the meaning in anything that we've talked about tonight, immersion in this new metaverse, the cube of Metatron, the black cube of the Kaaba, the cross of the Christians and the Zodiac wheel, the Teflon cube, the various cube-like structures and religious temples, whatever the meaning, The immersion in that cube promises to provide the technological elixir of life. The what will it take to make you capitulate? What will it take to make you capitulate? Is it going to be some money? Some fame? Some digital land in the sandbox? In the horizons sub-reality? What is it going to take to make you capitulate? Is it going to be how you view yourself? Could you have a different body? Some supernatural power in a digital sphere? That elixir of life may be sweet, but it is poison. It is a lie. The elixir is only as good as its source and ingredients Drinking of this elixir promises us a new physical birth, one that is extended and immersed, which by extension guarantees something that a lot of folks don't recognize immediately. New physical birth is an extension of spiritual and soulful death. In order to be physically born, the soul must die, or at least be put to sleep temporarily. When one sees the metaverse from this point of view, we recognize that this new second life we've been given, that's on the table, the offer, with the little quill and the little container of blood for us to sign in, maybe a knife We can use our own blood to sign that contract, the Faustian agreement with the devil. We sign that deal. We're given this new life, promise that AI will reward us, a new techno religion, a techno cult. We are surrendering the soul. Eternal life in a digital reality is eternal damnation and eternal disconnection from source it's like that Grimes song if you long to never die plug in upload your mind you know what I find really eerie about this song? There's that TV show Gravity Falls and there's a bunch of episodes where the the demon Bill, Bill Cipher, is actually telling the kids, Come with me. Come with me. If you come with me, I'll give you everything you ever wanted. I mean, why is that same theme, you know, beyond the archetype and the metaphor, why is that same theme in kids' shows, in cartoons, in live action, in music videos, in major movies and Movies that you've never heard of. Why is that theme everywhere? Why is black goo everywhere? Can they not think of a different symbol? Can they not think of a different idea? Is it just they know that that idea sells? They know that that idea is popular? I mean, you talk to people about black goo. Who, do, who the hell knows about black goo? What, what do people know about demons and, and deals with the devil? People think of the exorcist or something probably. It's not that the average person sees those things and thinks, oh, well, that makes sense. I, I hope that they use that symbol in the next movie so I can really understand it. No, they use those symbols because they are sigils. They use those symbols because they are charged and they have power and they communicate to the subconscious and the unconscious. And those are the programming methods that the Matrix uses to control our perceptions of reality, to promise us, to imply to us that if we continue to do what we are doing We will eventually get to the bullet and stop it from harming the ones that we love. And the stronger our will is to protect that other person that we are just so slightly separated from, to protect that thing that we are just slightly separated from, the more energy and the more power that the computer simulation obtains. This is why I've said, For years, every time these big banking houses, every time some billionaire, every time some media outlet suggests, implies, and says, well, we think we might have some science that tells us that we live in a computer simulation. I don't believe that. What I believe is that those groups, those people, those banks... Those are the agents of the Matrix, folks. They are telling you we already live in a computer simulation, so what could be the harm in plugging into an extension of it? What they don't tell you is the extension of it is the portal. It is the mouth of Travis Scott into the spiraling portal of hell in the mountain that takes you into the black-mirrored abyss Of the diabolic, the evil, and all those horrible, terrible things. The gnashing teeth and the smell of sulfur and the burning of flesh. It is the portal into the metaverse. It is not an extension of that which you already experience. That's the trickster. That's the great scam. That is Metatron's cube. Metatron is a necessary evil like Saturn, in that capacity, in that relationship. But it is a necessary evil that has been turned into the only evil and the only good. And it rewards and punishes, just like Santa Claus. I've got a lot of copies of my book, The Technological Elixir. I've got unlimited copies of the digital version. And you call in tonight, Christmas Eve, December 24th, Friday. Right now, we've got about 10 minutes we're going to give out some copies of those books. I hope somebody calls in. 520 367 2064. I haven't taken calls for so long. It's probably uncommon, uh, you know, it's an uncommon thing to hear on the secret teachings, but we are taking calls. 520 367 2064. It's a U.S. number on Skype 520 367 2064. I'll say it again very slow. Grab a pen, a pencil, make a note of it. 520 We've got some copies of the technological elixir. I didn't think that this book would kind of become a manual for understanding what is going on in the world of technology and in the world of spiritual growth and development. I mean, I find it incredible what meta and the metaverse means, what it represents it is not only beyond the the universe but it is uh, the atom it is the breath of life into the golem and when you put that word on the golem you bring it to life you take that one letter away you get the met with the meta if you put the e at the end of the met you get the meta the meta or the imet which is truth the met kills the golem the golem that has been awoken in the digital world has been instructed to round up servants for its creator to finance, to fund, to energize the matrix with a 9-volt battery that is the human being. If you'd like to contact the show tonight, email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. That's rdgable at yahoo.com. rdgable at yahoo.com. 520-367-2064. Five two zero three six seven two zero six four. That's 520-367-2064. three six seven two zero six four. Let's go ahead and go to the phones now. Caller four zero eight. That's four zero eight. You are on the secret teachings. Who do I have the pleasure of speaking with tonight?
7: Hi, this is Bill.
2: Hi there. How are you doing tonight?
7: Good, how are you?
2: I'm doing fantastic. I'm very energized, as you might have been able to tell. What's on your mind? <laughs>
7: Um, I'm calling about the book.
2: You're calling about the book. What about the book?
7: Um, can I get a copy of the
2: book? You sure can get a copy of the book. You gave us a call tonight, so you can absolutely get a copy of the Technological Elixir. How does that sound?
7: Oh, how cool.
2: I'm so excited. What's your favorite topic? What What is your favorite subject? What What exactly about tonight's show has resonated with you?
7: Well it's kind of scaring me i'm in bed um by it's talking you're talking about um genius.
2: Now, people tell me that this is a scary show I, I don't intend for it to be scary though i hope that it allows people to realize that uh with understanding uh, we can eliminate that fear does that does yeah, make, does that makes sense
7: it, yeah yeah it makes a lot of sense now I can listen to it during the day, but when I'm in bed, it's a different story in the dark.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of the, the vibe of late night radio anyway. I mean, I'll, I'll scare myself sometimes. I have to light a candle and turn some lights on here in the studio. It is, it is a scary subject. Of course, it's very scary. But again, you know, informing ourselves allows us to uh, light that void, if you will.
7: Knowledge is power.
2: It is absolutely power. Why don't you send me an email? Do you know my email?
7: Uh, Is it rdgable.com? Oh, no. At info.
2: No, no. At Yahoo.com.
7: Yahoo.
2: Yahoo. Yep. Mm -hmm. rdgable.yahoo.com. You send me an email, and I will Mm -hmm. send you the technological elixir.
7: Oh, thank you so
2: much. Absolutely. Anything else you'd like to add?
7: No. Thank you, Ryan. I love your show. I listen to you all the time.
2: Well, I appreciate it. I'm glad that we have at least one listener out there who is terrified in the dark at night.
7: <laughs> okay.
2: Right, you have a good night.
7: Me too. Thank you.
2: Mm-hmm. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. Five two zero three six seven twenty sixty four. It's that easy. Five two zero three six seven twenty sixty four. Whether you're laying in bed at night in the dark, listening to the metaverse and the digital golem. You're driving a truck. Maybe you're sitting outside looking at the stars. Give us a call, 520-367-2064, 520-367-2064, and you can get a copy of The Technological Elixir. It's a very, very large book. It's over 500 pages. It takes you from AI to UFOs and UAPs, which, again, I think, you know... Hear me out. Aliens are green. And I think when we learn about these UFOs and these UAPs, they don't have our propulsion systems. They don't burn fossil fuels. So we'll be told that we need to reverse engineer them to save the climate. We need to be more green like the aliens, right? If we were just more green like the aliens, we could save the planet from a climate crisis, And while we're at it, why don't we just become the aliens? Let's just assimilate with these beings. Let's just assimilate with these energies and these forces. Why not? I mean, they have uh, virtual reality sex, and they have holograms of your uh, favorite places, and why not just plug into the matrix why not just plug into the digital world the metaverse make life a whole lot easier because you won't actually be living life but you know that's not really the point the point is you know if you're longing to never die just plug in and upload your mind and, and you know if you think that we're crazy if you think that we're insane we're not worried because ai will reward us when it rains We have time for one more call, 520-367-2064. Just one more call. Don't make me beg, 520-367-2064. That's 520-367-2064. We haven't done this for so long, I really have to harp with the number. It's a new number for Skype. It's 520. That's a Tucson, Arizona number, 367-2064. I want to let you know about Patreon, where you can find behind the scenes content, our Pro One Water Filter affiliate program on the website, and also this uh, company called the Tuttle Twins. I just got the economic learning course for my son, Fox, when he does uh, homeschooling. And it's something that's, whether for you know, younger kids or for uh, uh, teenagers, it's, it's uh, an introduction to free market economics and uh, the dangers of communism, for those of you who are interested strictly in that. There's a link on our website. If you click that and uh, you grab a, a copy of one of the books or something that they have, uh, we also get a percentage of that. That's the Tuttle Twins at the secretteachings.info. So the Tuttle Twins and Pro One, those are our affiliates. And my books are on the website as well. These are just ways to support the show. I have to give big. Big, big thank yous, big love, big hugs to everybody who donated to the Escape from New York fundraiser because if you haven't heard, we escaped from New York and it couldn't have been at the most, you know, uh, at a better time. It was at the most perfect time to get out of there and get to where we are now. And now we can take live calls on air. We finally were able to uh, to get a new studio set up here. And we have another call right now, 859, that's 859 859- who am i speaking with
0: this is gregory
2: howdy gregory where are you calling from i'm calling from kentucky from kentucky all right i've been to kentucky a few times we've got like two minutes what's on your mind
7: oh i was just telling you I was gonna tell you it was a great show really enjoyed it um yeah it is kind of kind of scary to think about but you know i guess that's the world we're headed for and uh, i just thought that the whole metatron and metaverse analogies or whatever were or it was a really good um mind-blowing thing there for me anyway
2: well thank you i appreciate that it's always good to hear that kind of feedback i put so much energy into this show gregory i spent the whole day focused on this i watched the matrix today have you seen the new matrix
3: yes i watched it last night
2: you did what did you think of it
3: um, it wasn't as good as the
7: first, but it was, I lo- I loved it. I, I'm going to watch it again.
2: Yeah, I'll probably have, I think there's a lot of things. I'll have to watch it again, too. There's a lot of things that you'll probably pick up. It, it'll probably be a little bit better the second time, I would imagine.
7: Probably, yeah. That's,
2: that's what I'm thinking. But I
7: thought it had some good quotes and stuff in it, you know, about how the um, um the Matrix fills our mind with distractions and with noise, I think she said.
2: Oh, yes. In, in fact, if you heard the montage tonight, I put some of the, uh, sound clips from the show uh, from the uh, movie in the show tonight
5: yeah yeah.
2: yeah yeah the sound clips the uh the dialogue was uh was probably the best part of it for me oh yeah yeah well anyway gregory thank you for calling we're just about out of time and uh much love from arizona all the way over there to kentucky
7: well thank you thank
2: you. Well, you have a good night okay
4: you too all
2: right talk to you soon hopefully you call back in gregory there he goes this is The Secret Teachings. We're pretty much out of time. We had some more calls coming in. If you want to call back in while I bring up the music here, we'll get you on for just a second. 520-367-2064. Everybody always waits till the very last minute. But that's okay. We will still take your call here on The Secret Teachings. It is Metatron's Cube, the metaverse, the extended immersive reality. I am not going to capitulate. Nothing they offer me will force me into that system. 707, what does it take to make you capitulate? Who are we talking to?
1: This is uh, DJ.
2: Hey, how you doing, DJ?
1: I'm doing well.
2: You're doing Um, well. That's good to
1: hear. I wanted to get your take on uh, on this OSHA mandate. What do you think the Supremes are going to end up saying after they hear arguments on these?
2: Well, January 7th. slightly different topic. I read that today. We'll probably do a show on it. My initial thought is that the Supreme court will probably strike down certain components of it, and then they'll uphold other components of it. I don't think it's going to be a very black and white thing. I see. I and mean, that's my opinion. Yeah, that's my opinion. We'll see now, what would, happens.
1: I guess any kind of, any kind of, uh, semi-victory would be a victory I think because like I I agree with you that that's like the last really the court of court of last resort basically
2: yes it is it's the one thing that holds the republic together as far as I'm concerned thank you DJ for the call I hope that you have a good night if you'd like to say good night to the audience it's all you
1: I'll say good night and uh, I'll send you an email so I can get one of those books
2: that sounds good the technological elixir we'll get one out to you DJ
1: Thank you, and good night to all, and good luck.
2: All right, this is The Secret Teachings. I'm Ryan Gable. Thank you so much for tuning in to the broadcast Christmas Eve, Friday, December 24th. The Secret Teachings is with you Monday through Friday here on The Fringe. Subscribe to the Archive and buy a book on the website. Email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. And we will talk to you on the next broadcast. Time's up. Time may be up for tonight's broadcast of The Secret Teachings, but don't worry, you can still catch us Monday through Friday right here exclusively on The Fringe FM. You can also subscribe to the show and montage archive while grabbing my books at thesecretteachings.info. To get in contact with us, you can email the show at rdgable.com at yahoo.com. Stay tuned to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM.